For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, Secrets of Biblical Hebrew. This is part one of the series. In the first part of this teaching, we are going to go through the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet, and we're going to glean insights and spiritual understandings from the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet. But before we begin that process, we want to ask the question, why study Hebrew? Well, Hebrew is the original language that was in the earth. And in the book, The Ancient Hebrew Language and Alphabet by Jeff Benner, on page four, he explains, prior to the incident of the Tower of Babel, only one language existed, as we can see from Genesis in chapter 11, verse one. And the whole earth was of one language and one speech. So what was that language that was spoken from the days of Adam and Eve in the garden to the days of the Tower of Babel, it is Hebrew. And what is unique about Hebrew from some of the other languages in the world is that Hebrew is a picture language. Once again, from the book, The Ancient Hebrew Language and Alphabet by Jeff Benner on page one, he explains, the original letters of the Hebrew alphabet are actually pictures or pictographs similar to Egyptian hieroglyphics. Each picture represents an object whose definition is closely related to the agricultural lifestyle of the ancient Hebrews. And by studying the culture and lifestyle of the ancient Hebrews, we can better understand their language. And so now I have a chart for you. And on the first column is the name of each of the letters of the Hebrew alphabet. And then the second column is the pictograph of what that letter looks like. And then the third column is the meaning of each letter. And so now by using the pictograph of a letter, we're going to look at how this gives us a word picture regarding the understanding of a Hebrew word. And the word that we're going to examine is the Hebrew word av, which means father. And this example 
comes from the book The Ancient Hebrew Language and Alphabet by Jeff Benner on page 43. So if we look at the word for father in Hebrew of, it consists of the Aleph and the Bet. And the Aleph represents an ox and the Bet represents a house. So the pictographical meaning of a father is one who gives strength to the house, the one that is the head of the house. And there is a difference between Greek thought and Hebrew thought. And Greek thought views the world through abstract understanding, while ancient Hebrew thoughts are through the senses. They are more concrete. And this is explained in Jeff Benner's book, The Ancient Hebrew Alphabet and Language, on page 20. So, concrete thought is an expression of concepts and ideas in a way that can be seen, touched, smelled, tasted, or heard. All five of the senses are used when speaking, hearing, writing, and reading the Hebrew language. So, the example that he gives is Psalm chapter 1, verse 3, that one who follows the Torah is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, whose leaf does not wither. So this gives you a pictorial, graphical understanding of the concept that is trying to be conveyed. And the next example we're going to give you is also from the Ancient Hebrew Language and Alphabet by Jeff Benner on page 21. So he explains this. Let us take one of the above abstract words to demonstrate the translation from a concrete Hebrew word to an abstract English word. Anger is an abstract word, is actually the Hebrew word af, which literally means nose, a concrete word. When one is very angry, he begins to breathe hard and his nostrils begin to flare. A Hebrew sees anger as somebody who's flaring of the nose or of the nostrils. And so if the translator literally translated the above passage, it would be translated as slow to nose rather than anger. And most likely the English reader therefore would not understand the meaning that's trying to be conveyed. And so now since we've Started out with giving you a little bit of a background and understanding of the Hebrew language itself. Now let's go through the Hebrew alphabet and see some spiritual meanings that we can glean from the Hebrew alphabet. So the first letter in the Hebrew alphabet is Aleph. And Aleph is related to the Hebrew word aloof. And this is explained in the book, The Inner Meaning of Hebrew Letters, by Robert Haralik on page 18. Aloof means a domesticated animal or ox. So the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, Aleph, means an ox. And this is explained in the book, Hebrew Word Pictures, on page 12, by Frank Seekins. So the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, Aleph, is associated with ox or first or a leader. And now let's look at the spiritual meaning or 
application of Aleph. And so because Aleph means ox, oxen are acceptable offerings in the Bible and are regarded as being kosher. The only animals which could be sacrificed at all on God's altar were those that were considered clean, or in other words, kosher. And this explanation comes from Messiah and his Hebrew alphabet by Dick Mills and David Michael on page 2. Oxen or bullocks were among the kinds of animals which were acceptable as sin offerings according to the laws concerning sacrifice as found in Leviticus chapter 4 verses 1 through 21. And so an ox is associated with an animal that's willing to serve. An ox is a servant. And in the book, The Messiah and His Hebrew Alphabet by Dick Mills and David Michael on page two, they explain, throughout history, it has been oxen which have plowed our fields and when yoked together in greater numbers, pulled our heavy loads. When an ox reaches a certain degree of strength, it begins to serve as a worker. So the biblical picture that an ox portrays is one of a clean animal, strong enough to serve, and capable of being sacrificed. So what do we see in the Hebrew letter Aleph? We see the strength of a sacrificial animal, its life of hard work, and its sacrificial death. And so from these things, we can see that the Aleph spiritually represents the life, ministry, and death of Yeshua. And this thought is explained in the book Messiah and his Hebrew alphabet by Dick Mills, David Michael on page two. Now, the next thing that we're going to look at is the first verse in the Bible, Genesis in chapter one and verse one, which in English is in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In Hebrew, it's Breshi bara Elohim et Hashemayim va'et ha'aretz. And in this first verse of the Bible, there are seven Hebrew words and the letter Aleph appears six times. In the first two words, that is Breshit and bara, the Aleph is the third letter in the word. And then in the next two words in Hebrew, that is Elohim and Et, it is the first letter in these two words. And then we take the last two words of the verse, Ve'et Ha'aretz, and the Aleph is the the second letter in these two words. And so one of the meanings that we can draw from this is that it was understood that from the creation, which took place over seven days, that from Adam and Eve to the end of the Messianic era is 7,000 years of time. And in creation, the creator, the God of Israel, laid out a prophetic week that even as he created the heavens and the earth in six days, that the earth was going to labor for six days or 6,000 years. And this was going to come about because of the sin of Adam and Eve in the garden where curse came upon the earth. But the last day when 
the Creator, Yeshua, the Messiah, rested when He created the heavens and the earth. That is prophetic that the earth is going to have its Sabbath. It's going to rest for a thousand years. And we can see this understanding from the extra biblical book of Barnabas, chapter 13, verses 3 through 6. And I've taken this from a book called The Lost Books of the Bible. So Barnabas, chapter 13, verses 3 through 6, it is written, And even in the beginning of the creation, he makes mention of the Sabbath. And God made in six days the works of his hands, and he finished them on the seventh day, and he rested the seventh day, and he sanctified it. Consider, my children, what this signifies. He finished them in six days. The meaning of it is this that in 6,000 years the Lord God will bring all things to an end. For with him one day is a thousand years, as he himself testifies, saying, Behold, this day shall be a thousand years. Therefore, children, in six days, that is in six thousand years, shall all things be accomplished. And what is it that he says, and he rested on the seventh day? He means this, that when his son shall come and abolish the season of the wicked one, and judge the ungodly, and shall change the sun and the moon and the stars, then he will gloriously rest in that seventh day. So in the Talmud in Sanhedrin 97a and b, it explains the understanding that Messiah would come after 4,000 years from Adam and Eve in the garden. The Tana, Debbie Eliyahu, teaches the world is to exist for 6,000 years. That's called the present age. In the first 2,000 years, it was desolation. 2,000 years, the Torah flourished and then the next 2,000 years are the days of the Messiah and the commentary is it was expected that Messiah would come at the beginning of the last 2,000 years and the Talmud says the delay is due to our sins. For those of us who believe that Yeshua is the Messiah, he did come 4,000 years from Adam and Eve in the garden. He did come at the beginning of the last 2,000 years of time. So in laying out 7,000 years from a traditional Jewish view of time, the first 2,000 years is called tohu or desolation, and then the next 2,000 years, the Torah flourished, and then the following 2,000 years is called the days of the Messiah, and then the last 1,000 years is called the future coming. And so with this outline of time, one of the ways that we can interpret the reason for the six Aleph's in Genesis in chapter 1 verse 1 in the Hebrew, and the reason why in the first two words, that is Breshit Barat, the Aleph appears as the third letter in these two words is in the first 2,000 years, the earth was tohu. It was desolation. And so the Aleph being farther, being the third letter in the occurrence of these two words, it represents or it's associated with the first 2,000 years of the earth. And so then the next two words, Elohim et, the Aleph, is the first letter of these two words, and this is going to represent the 2,000 years that the Torah flourished. And then the last 2,000 years, represented by the Hebrew words ve'et ha'aretz, 
there is a tug of war. There's a battle in our world between those who want to pursue the God of Israel and his ways and those that don't want anything to do with the God of Israel and his ways. So that's a deeper spiritual meaning and a explanation from a Jewish view. Given that there are six Aleph's in the first verse of the Bible, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and how those six Aleph's represents the 7,000 years that is linked with the creation of the world, and the six Aleph's represents the first six days or 6,000 years where the earth is going to be under a curse from the sin of Adam and Eve in the garden. Now the next thing that we're going to see regarding the Hebrew letter Aleph is the Hebrew letter Aleph is going to represent or be associated with the God of Israel himself. So this thought is communicated to us in the book The Wisdom of the Hebrew Alphabet by Rabbi Monk on page 43. And so if we write out the graphic form of the Hebrew letter Aleph, it's going to look like a Yod and then a Vav in the middle and then a Yod at the bottom. And in the Hebrew language, the Yod is the 10th letter of the alphabet. The Vav is the sixth letter of the alphabet. And so in this graphic form of writing out Aleph, it is going to look like that you write the Aleph with two Yods and a Vav. And so Yod has a numerical value of 10. So we have 10 times 2 is 20 plus the Vav, which has a numerical value of 6. And so the Aleph is going to represent 26. And 26 is the numerical value of the divine name of the God of Israel, most often pronounced as Yahweh. And so the four letters of the Tetragrammaton, the sacred name of the God of Israel is Yod, He, Vav, He. The Yod has a numerical value of 10. The He is the fifth letter of the Hebrew alphabet. The Vav is the sixth letter and the He is the fifth letter. So we got 10 Yod plus He, 5 is 15, plus the Vav is 6, which is 21, plus the He is 5, which is 26. So Yod, He, Vav, He has a numerical value in Hebrew of 26. And if we write the Aleph in graphic form, it looks like you're writing two Yods followed by a Vav in the middle, which would add up to 26 as well. So this is one of the reasons or explanations of how the Aleph represents and is associated with the God of Israel and his sacred name of Yahweh. Now, that is explained in the Wisdom of the Hebrew Alphabet on page 44 by Rabbi Monk and also in the book by Grant Luton in his own words on page 3 and also on page 4. Now the next thing that we're going to look at and see the spiritual association with the Hebrew Aleph to the God of Israel is taken from Grant Luton's book in his own words on page 9. And there he explains that the 15th letter of the Torah is an Aleph. And 15 happens to be the numerical value of the shortened form of the name of the God of Israel in Hebrew, which is Yah. So Yah is the Yod, which is 10 plus the He, 5. So that's 15. 
and the 15th letter of the Torah is an Aleph. Now, we take the name for the God of Israel, the Tetragrammaton, yod Hey vav Hey, as we explained, has a numerical value of 26, and it just so happens as well that the 26th letter of the Torah is an Aleph. And then a shortened form of the name of the God of Israel in Hebrew is El. El has a numerical value of 31. El is the Aleph plus the Lamed. The Aleph is 1, and the Lamed has a numerical value of 30. So El has a numerical value of 31, and the 31st letter of the Torah is a Aleph. And so then we're going to look at the longer form of the name of the God of Israel, Elohim. And Elohim has the numerical value in Hebrew of 86. And it just so happens that the 86th letter of the Torah is an Aleph. And then finally, we have the Hebrew word Av, which means Father, has a numerical value of 3. And the third letter of the Torah is a Aleph. So we can see in these things a deeper spiritual meaning of how the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, the Aleph, is associated with the God of Israel. Now we're going to look at some other examples as well. We are told in Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 24, that God is a consuming fire. We're told in 1 John chapter 1, verse 5, that God is light. And we're told in 1 John chapter 4, verse 8, that God is love. Now, fire in Hebrew is esh, and light in Hebrew is or, and love in Hebrew is ahava. And so esh, or, and ahava, they all begin with the Hebrew letter Aleph. So fire, light, and love are attributes and associations of the God of Israel. And in the Hebrew language, the first letter of these words is Aleph. So once again, we can see the association of the Hebrew letter Aleph to the God of Israel. And this point is explained in the book by Grant Luton, entitled, in his own words, on page 20. Next, we're going to examine Leviticus chapter 1, verse 1, in the Hebrew. And so, in Hebrew, the first word of Leviticus 1, 1 is Vayikra. And this is the Hebrew name for this book of the Bible. Vayikra means, and he called. In a Torah scroll... The first word, Vayikra, contains a small Aleph at the end of the word. And what I'm explaining now is in the book by Grant Luton in his own words on pages 243 and 244. So if you separate that small Aleph from the four Hebrew letters which precede it, we can construct the phrase Vayik, and then the Aleph, or, and he esteemed, or honored, and then the small Aleph. And so you can read this by making and taking the word and separating the first four letters from the Aleph, that you can render it, translate it as he esteemed, or honored, and then the small Aleph. And this is a spiritual picture of Yeshua. 
Well, that's going to conclude part one of the series on the subject, Secrets of Biblical Hebrew. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.